Hey everybody, Jay Shlansky here from the Fifth Trooper Network. I just want to take a moment to thank you for checking out this show. Did you know that over at thefifthtrooper.com we have tons of other content, including blogs, other podcasts, all kinds of stuff. In addition, if you want access to exclusive content, you can join us on patreon.com slash thefifthtrooper and join at any level and you'll get access to uh, exclusive blog articles, access to our private Discord, and much more. So please, Check us out, and thank you so much for all your support. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello, and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Tim. What's up? Woohoo! How you been, you know, man? Just finished my last exam, so brain is fried, but happy. Are you Are you sewing currently? I'm currently sewing. Yes. Okay. It A was man like, of many talents. Well, you know, I mean, I think I discussed on the show before, but patches, baby. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm going to a big entering student conference in January and. I've decided I need a different scarf with a whole different set of patches for each day. Okay. So I am halfway there to get five scarves done. That's a lot of scarves. <laughs> and all your scarves are just totally covered in patches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, if anyone sees me in a tournament, I wear scarves all the time. Right. Yeah. And now I have just have scarves with patches all over it. Okay. Is this like a Canadian thing or just like a tin thing? This is a Canadian engineering thing. Okay. I also have my jersey, which has all completely then, covered in badges too. Wow, like a NASCAR driver. <laughs> Except instead of sponsors, it's all jokes. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've recently discovered, not discovered, it's not like I've never worn a scarf before, but I've been wearing scarves pretty much all the time. And it hasn't even really been that cold. It's weird. I don't know. I feel like maybe you just hit a certain age and suddenly you're like, oh, look, a scarf. That's neat. I'll put that around my neck. And obviously you are very young. So that is a cultural thing for you and maybe just an age thing for me. I don't know. But Um, as someone who has been trying to layer clothing forever because of uh, temperature, not fashion, scarves are very useful. Yeah, Winnipeg, obviously. you're, You're basically in frost punk up there, so. Um, <laughs> the when the wind chill is measured in how long your freeze will sk- your skin will freeze, not if it'll freeze. It's cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I recently became aware of a series of hilarious and disturbing photos, basically called uh, whizzicles, which are like, mm-hmm. yeah, when when dogs pee and it's so cold that the pee instantly freezes and creates like a yellow icicle that yep. just kind of stands up from the snow. Um, I don't ever want to be anywhere where it's so cold that pee instantly freezes. (laughs) The, the one that's like kind of common too, is you like, if something's damp, like you're working outside and you like wipe something up with a cloth Uh and then you like chuck it, it'll like be frozen when it like hits the ground and it'll like bounce like a solid object instead (laughs) of like land, like a cloth. I've had that a couple (laughs) of Wow. And you're like working inside a truck where it's warm and you're like, oh, I got to wrap that up. Check it out. And it like bounces weird. 
and it bounces because it's solid by the time it hits the ground yeah 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 no thanks i'll stick to my dc <laughs> it snows an inch and, and everything gets canceled weather um which yeah. is funny because i grew up in chicago and uh, obviously i grew up being used to snow and i guess i'm just i don't know i've been out here too long i've been in virginia too long so um anyway we are going to talk about legion today not just about weather and sewing and scarves um although some of the legion units and or faction we talk about is slightly snow related uh we're gonna we're gonna kind of revisit our like faction 101s because it's been a while since we've done that um and uh yeah it's always a good like 101 topic to do i feel like things have shifted enough since we've last done this that it's worth revisiting so we're gonna talk about rebels today because tim and i have both been playing rebels and i've been playing rebels for the first time in like two years at least two years a little over then so uh, it's it's kind of like i'm i don't want to say it's a new experience for me because i played rebels for a very significant portion of the early (laughs) life of this game but it's very different from what i've been doing which is you know primarily clones and empire so yeah getting getting used to things dying when they get shot that's kind of weird it's no what (laughs) usually very quickly too so (laughs) yes um so yeah we're going to talk about rebels do have a lot of actual advantages though over those two factions as well as over droids so we'll talk about some of those we will obviously talk about the things that they are not great at like durability um (laughs) yeah yeah so real quick what have you been running as Rebels, Tim? Well, when I found out on cast that the Lando command card can give Rebel Boba an order from the sky again, uh huh. Okay. I pulled that list out of retirement and feel it again. So it's Rebel Boba plus Lando plus whatever you want. I usually just put it with a bunch of vets. So this is the basically the thing where ordinarily for Lando to give rubble boba in order since rubble boba is a mercenary lando would need allies of convenience yeah but uh you're talking about lando's two pip right two pip yeah that yeah. the so you can give him an order or whatever so you could give uh boba his independent standby especially when he's in melee and then still have order control on him with uh lando's two pip yeah which is ace up his sleeve right yeah okay yep. um I always mix up the card euphemism names for Lando. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah idiots are raised the one pip. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, since that order comes from nobody, uh, then Boba can get it, even though Lando doesn't have allies yeah. of convenience. Okay. Basically. Well, that's Which cool. To, yeah, there was a time when that was ruled in the opposite way, and now it's that way. So. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Good to know. Um, yeah, I I find myself at PAX. There were there were a couple games where I had like a bunch of judge calls because my opponent was like, "Isn't this how this works?" And I'm like, "You know what? I don't even know anymore. Let's find out." <laughs> like yeah. I used to know the answer to this question, but and half the time it was different. So um, yeah, it, always a good idea to just call a judge when you're not sure. But hundred percent. That's what they're there for. So don't be. It's not weird to be like, "Can we call a judge?" It's totally normal. Uh, okay, so you've been playing um, 
Lando, Boba. What else? Just like a standard Rebel gun line mixed in yeah. there? Basically, okay, yeah. Vets? Vets, yeah. Okay, cool. That's still only like 400 points probably. What? Well, you got like commandos and stuff or what? I don't know. Let me pull up the list. I'm curious. Well, actually, actually, okay. I, um, it's this is also my like screw around list. I think it's so it's three vets with their uh gun, three Mark twos. There's a rebel officer in there. There's a Mark, not a Mark two, uh, FD turret with okay. it has HK uplink generator just because it's an order out of the bag. Yep. Okay. Um, and then two strike teams. All right. So no yep. Cassian. No Cassian. No. Now is this a um I don't think Cassian's good kind of choice or just like a I want to try something different kind of situation. And if you were uh, like super serious about it, you'd put Cassian in there. So I love me a Cassian. Okay. Uh he's definitely good. I really struggle to fit Cassian and Rebel Boba together because Cassian's command cards would be great for Boba, but they don't work for him. Right, because Cassian doesn't have a command slot for allies yeah. of convenience. Yeah. And anytime you have now you have Rebel Boba who's like gonna struggle to get orders sometimes, which sometimes is great when you want to stand by, but also rebels in general and also on this list have terrible order control. So yes. having you of like a you know 130 point unit that could just like sit there and die because you can't fish the order of the bag, yeah, it's no banal for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I like when I'm built like I often then also run Sabine. Like in Rebels, I like Sabine. I do Cassian and Sabine together all the time. Okay. Like Cassian, Sabine, K2 is a like standard like center of an army for me. Yeah. Sabine's interesting. Uh, She's another one of those like kind of like Han where her pistol is basically garbage now. Yeah. But, you know, explosions is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, And obviously she's fast and can grab boxes and stuff. So she's, I mean, she, like, I don't, I, I don't think I would ever take Sabine to a like competitive like a long tournament right now. I would definitely take her to a, like a week like a one dayer, but she's very much on the like cl- is close to good, uh, slightly different meta, uh, maybe a points cut and she's good. Yeah, or some extra dice or some other way yeah, to some like some make stuff. it so that her pistols just don't bounce one hundred percent of the time. Four, four slot question mark. um yeah i don't know i i mean obviously for those that have seen the ahsoka show uh, we're way past like whatever the the spoiler timeline is here (laughs) so yeah she uses the force in the ahsoka show mostly unsuccessfully i feel like she'd be a good candidate for kind of like a grogu style situation where she has like a specific ability that's maybe a little bit random like printed on her card rather than just giving her four slot and letting her take whatever since she's so untrained and also like as a um i'm blanking on the droid's name uh oh the yeah yeah the, the jedi temple droid um as he said you know basically like she was the weakest student that he'd ever witnessed <laughs> Yeah. In terms of like force ability, so yeah, I I feel like something that's like what they did with Grogu that seems like unexplained territory a little unexplained unexplored territory a little bit where they could sort of print 
like weaker slash more random versions of force abilities directly on the card rather than giving them a force slot. I feel like they could have done this with Inquisitors. You know, they could do if they ever do like Padawans for Republic. I feel like they could go this route basically, where you just don't give them a choice, just make it like some kind of weaker ish but unique force ability that's printed on their card. Yeah, because Sabine with Force Push would be I'd be playing her all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just you know just from a canon perspective, like she doesn't she doesn't do anything reliably with the force, so no. it wouldn't really make sense either. Um, nope. okay. Uh, so I have been playing. Those that have been listening, of course, know that I've been running Han, Cassian, K two, and Chewie. Teamwork makes the dream work. Is what I've started calling this list. <laughs> Um, because it's double teamwork. You've, all four of your characters have teamwork. Um, I have since seen if I can try and figure out like how to fit more commandos into the list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started with two, and uh, now I'm up to three full commandos. Basically, it, it was eleven. The one I took to PAX was eleven activations. It had the like uh, Ewoks in there for the. Reckless Diversion gimmick. I found that Reckless Diversion is still great, but mostly for like the quote-unquote traditional use of the card. Um, you know, where you're just forcing your opponent to shoot something they don't want, or you're forcing them to like split dice pools or otherwise just make awkward choices. I found that it was sort of rare to set up the situation where the Ewoks are like perfectly behind cover and also in the spot that you want them so that your opponent A, has to shoot them, and B, can only do one wound to them per turn. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that they're worth it specifically just for that gimmick. So anyway, I cut them and got down to 10 activations and added a full command, upgraded one of the strikes to a full commando. So that sounds worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Ewoks actually were great kind of like on their, on their own in surprising ways. There was a game where I was playing recover and I was playing against Bright Tree Village and I really don't like to play against Bright Tree Village on Recover because they have so many units and they have a high activation count, so they can just go last and like rush the middle box with like three units. Yep. Which, you know, sure, I guess you could kill or suppress one to two of them, but that's not going to be enough to... So anyway, he grabbed the middle box, but I was able to take my own Ewoks and um, I suppressed his units that were trying to like go get his second home box and kind of slowed him down. And my Ewoks actually got all the way over to his second home box <laughs> and then ended up like stabbing to death the unit that he had sent over there to claim that box. <laughs> so they were like heroes in that game. And then there was another game where I faced like, Wookiees. And uh, again, the melee profile of the Ewoks was actually like pretty relevant in that game. Even though it was just one naked unit of six skirmishers, just having something that something cheap that can run in there and poke, stab with spears was pretty useful. Um, all that said, I think it's probably still better to just you know do the full commando because that strike team, strike teams are just they're just so bad right now. But they, unless you have a gimmick for them, they're not good. Yeah. Um, the like. Strike teams with Rebel Boba at least have one turn of rule of respect, yeah, yeah. But even then, you can still do that with full teams, right? So let's talk some basic, like, just kind of overall. What is it that rebels are are good at? 
that if you're if you're playing rebels you should be looking to like emphasize um mobility high quality shooting and tricks okay so let's 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 break each of those down so um, go ahead yeah because i think i agree with you on all those but let's start with mobility <laughs> what do you mean by like they're good at mobility uh they have a lot of units who through like keywords and stuff are pretty good at moving around the table um they also have good ways to deal with suppression to anytime there's a suppression on the table get rid of it so they can keep moving and also most of our units though they would like to be aim shooting that's not really their game plan so they're often as long as they have two actions going to be like double moving move shooting etc move grabbing grab moves etc so they're as comparison to a lot of the other armies they want to be moving a lot more rather than a lot of the armies that want to sit there and aim shoot aim shoot aim shoot yeah and sort of as an extension of that i would add that they don't really have a lot of abilities that require all of their units or even some of their units to be close to each other. Yeah. The exception being teamwork, which is range two and usually only affects by definition, like two models in your army at a time. So whereas like clones and droids kind of have to ball up and have everything in one spot, since rebel units kind of all, you know, they don't share tokens. They don't really hand out tokens to each other even. I mean, I know there's the, the take cover exists, but it's not super common. Um, and even then, it's only like two, maybe three units if you take a scanner on Leia. Um, the, like their units are kind of good at operating independently, so you can spread out more. Um, you can get around the edges more. You know, you don't have to be all in one spot. So add that on top of their sort of native mobility, and you get a unit that a unit, a faction that can get around the table a little more easily. Yeah. I think that's I think that's worth this. This pains me to say. I feel like that's worth less than it used to be. Um, you know yeah. the the lateral movement for pur purposes of cover denial obviously is not nearly as val valuable. That's probably the biggest thing, but also because of a lot of the changes to how scoring and objectives work. Um, you know, just the quote unquote playing the objective is less, it's, it's still, don't get me wrong. That's like how you win the game, but it's definitely skewed more towards like, just kill your opponent's units and yep. away from winning via pure playing the objective, which also dents the value of that mobility a little bit. It's definitely not gone. There are some objectives where that's still super useful. Um, and being able to spread out still has its has its uses, but it's that mobility has definitely been devalued. Let's say that recently with some of the changes. So, yeah, hundred percent. Um. All right. So the second thing you said was reliable ranged uh, damage. Well, I said high quality shooting. Okay, high quality shooting. Okay. And and I said that deliberately in that a lot of their shooting is not that many dice. But will get through cover, usually get like often as high velocity or critical, uh, a lot of pierce, which you know gets it through the various defensive tech that's available. So that when they shoot, they might not do you know 10 damage like a clone can do, but they'll probably almost always do you know one, two, three, four damage, um, very reliably. Yeah, I mean, I would say. Particularly at longer ranges, you know, yes. they have 
they have a lot of access to range for critical, right? Both their primary core choices, rebel troopers and vets have access to a range four gun with critical. Um, and with, with decent amount of dice too, right? Like the DLT has three dice and the CM93 has four. Um, whereas you look at like the B1 equivalent of this and they have two dice with critical one. And there's yeah, only same. one choice for that. And the same for clones. Um, Empire, of course, has shores, but then that's critical one instead of critical two. And they're like significantly more expensive than bets. Now, yep. mortars are way better than MK2s, but we'll, <laughs> we'll leave that discussion for another day. Um, so, yeah, I would say that they have they have a lot of long range, highly reliable shooting that has some combination of critical marksman pierce high velocity um usually in s smaller quantities but it does add up you know oh yeah um yeah. playing the cassian han list it's kind of built like that right like all your units have long range but small dice pools but based on how reliable it was i found that like it really you know it does accumulate i i thought i would struggle against kind of threat saturation lists like a wookie you know i faced a wookie skew i faced a black sun um shadow collective list and i faced a bright for the 14 activation bright tree village and it handled all of them at range um and i was i was really impressed by that i did not think that it was going to have that much raw firepower i was basically i built a list thinking like all right i'm going to build this list so that even if i'm dealing with barrier and dodges i can pick up like a handful of clones a turn and i'll just you know, death by a thousand cuts, those red same armies. And it turns out like death by a thousand cuts when you're doing it like reliably and repeatedly actually adds up quite nicely. Um, yep. So. Well, and, and you can usually engage your opponent a full turn before they can engage you. And if you're really good at controlling your ranges, not only can you, you know, shoot them for a turn before they shoot you, but like you're slowing down their approach, right? If they don't have ways to deal with suppression, you can like even bring that to like two turns before they can really deal with you. Which is if you can shoot at them for like one and a half, two turns before they can shoot you, like basically any army in the game will take out another army, like not fully, but like attrition wise, if they get a turn and a half or two turns before shooting at them. So how do you do that? Control your ranges. Like in a in a granular way, how would how is it that you actually do that? So I mean there's the very specific way of like so if you're at range four gun line like you have a lot of range four guns uh -huh. you, you get right to the edge range four exactly range four right exactly range four and then you because a move is 5.9 whatever inches and not actually a, six inches a speed two move yeah a speed yep. two move yeah yep. it means that you can't move shoot so if something's exactly range four you can't move shoot them in range three and a lot of like the clones um and empire and droid gun lines are all range three gun lines, although often the best list of those factions actually have ways to flex out of that for that reason. Right. Yeah, like clones have been taking more RPSs and arc snipers and combining those with fire support to have like a nasty range four attack. Uh, obviously, droids have those uh, B1. I hesitate to call them sniper rifles, but that's like basically what they are. <laughs> um the two dice critical weapons which aren't great but they're also cheap and plentiful um and then of course empire i would say empire can kind of go 
pretty pound for pound with the like long range shooting yeah. as rebels they don't have as much pierce they're not quite as good as stacking that particular keyword um but between shores and mortars and snipers and Iden and inferno and stuff they do have and bosk uh they do have quite a lot of long range criticals so i would say yeah. they can they can go toe to toe with rebels at that range but generally speaking you know almost universally more th like things are deadlier at short range than they are at long range and given how squishy rebels are you want to keep stuff in those less deadly range bands typically so yep um and you also want to be like basically always engaging their most further or their farthest forward unit right so that you're not letting them sort of double back on you and then also like you sort of want to like move forward attack and then to get another turn to do it, you could even like, and then the next turn you attack and fall back, right? So you, as long as you can with the objective, you fade away from your opponent. And now they're sort of chasing you. And you can usually have, like if you have, you know, move forward aggressively right off the bat, you often have sort of a range band or two that you can sort of fade back without sacrificing the objectives too much. Yeah, that's one reason I like Recon Intel on my vets. Because you can often kind of recon like right into exactly range four of something, yeah, and then the first turn just shoot and then back up, yep, um, and that works obviously for things like commandos and stuff too at range five, um. So yeah, you know the historical term for it is quote unquote kiting, but basically the whole like shooting and running, shooting and running, shooting and running, particularly yeah. if it's a it's if it's a list that has shorter range than you you know those melee skews i mentioned but also like even like a range three um clone or droid list that's that's going to be to your benefit to just keep them at you know stiff arm them basically for as long as possible so well and those and those like those clone lists too you don't want to be taking full clone shots at range three on your vets no matter what because nope. they're just going to be gone right but if you're if you're taking you know a sniper shot or you know three sniper shots over the turn from clones well that's going to kill one unit over the turn but not one unit per shot so that's why controlling that range is super important and if you if you have any of your own defensive tech like guardian or dodges you know it's going to help a lot against those longer ranged attacks that generally can't stack dice in the same way so yep um okay so and the third thing you mentioned was tricks what do you mean by tricks Tricks is largely command cards. Um, okay. Right. A little command cards are very powerful. Um, we've mentioned explosions already. Um, there's command cards that let you move your opponent's units. Looks like Luke. Ones that let you move your own units, Leia and Luke as well. Um, Luke can make your opponent not be able to attack. Luke has a lot of tricks. Um, Hang on. While we're on the Luke subject, <laughs> can we talk real quick about serve and how that interacts with token sharing? Because I feel yes. like this is <laughs> that's a good one to talk about. Yep. <laughs> um, it did. This is another thing. It did not used to be this way. So the way serve used to work, uh, and this like kind of cleaned up a lot of weird rules questions. The way they essentially defined this when serve first came out, basically for the duration of the serve ability, which is you know you can target an opposing unit and that opposing unit uh, either attacks or moves you attack or move with that unit as the loot player the, the way it used to work is like for the duration of that effect specifically 
that unit was friendly to the Luke player and you know, like it defined as an opposing unit for the other player. And like the way that basically that just cleaned up all the like, well, what happens with shared tokens? You know, what happens with like attacker defender? Cause you can't usually shoot your own units, you know, what like, um, and since I, I guess since the CRB that's been kind of muddied a little bit and now it's, it's to, if, um, it basically, it doesn't change like the alignment of the target. Um, so it's not clear to me how the actual attacking bit even works, given that. But uh, the bottom line is, for like shared tokens, uh, for example, on a luminous being's turn, um, if you use serve on a clone unit, that unit can spend all of the available tokens that it would normally be able to spend as a clone unit, including like all of Yoda's tokens from Luminous. Yep. So you, you can use serve to basically like not only dump those tokens, but use them on an attack that you're making. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, the way that works now, you could really um, hamper clones for a turn because you could spend, you know, two of their surge tokens, and a lot of clone lists are running quite lean surge token yep. pools now. I mean, you have to roll the surge results to spend them, but like, you're able to like empty out the surge bank right off the bat like that wouldn't be good yeah and there's usually a couple aims in there with luminous yeah. so you know if you if you target something that has a pretty big dice pool like an arc unit at range two seems like the ideal choice for this but even like a normal z6 i think would be just fine your likelihood of rolling two surges in there particularly when you also have two aims to work with is pretty high yep um and then they're gonna you know probably spend those dodges on the defense um now, I will say the one thing about this tactic is that Luke has to be at range one of the target. <laughs> um, and if you're doing this like early on the Luminous turn, hopefully you have some well-located line of sight blockers so you can, you know, kind of get in there, use the ability and then get back out. But just just be mindful of the fact that like if you're going first with Luke for this, usually going first with a force user into another force user is not a good idea. Um, well, and Yoda's hanging out nearby too. That's what I mean. That's the force user you're yeah. going first into. <laughs> now, if you can somehow use this to like kill Yoda, then obviously, oh. right? Like he'd be a, <laughs> potentially a great target for this ability, especially like if you. It won't work with the arcs because they have immune deflect. But like if you shot Yoda with a Z6, you know, and he spent any dodges on that, then he'd potentially be deflecting yeah. against his own <laughs> clone units. Um, which would just be like icing on the cake. Um, I'm not necessarily advocating for that. You might have better targets depending on the game flow situation and everything. But just just be mindful of the fact that you're like, don't sacrifice Luke to pull off this trick, even though it's amazing and hilarious. Uh, it's not going to be worth the trade. No. So. This this will come up more just as a it could happen, yeah. and also like for just like clone to regular token chain. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's not by any means any sort of it's it's a tool in the toolbox rather than like a strategy for like this is how my list is gonna deal with luminous. I'm gonna just use serve, you know, that like I'd say probably eighty percent of the time it's not gonna work like you think it will, yeah. based on where everything's located and how you can get Luke in there and stuff. So YOLOing towards a uh Yoda gun line does not sound like the best way to deal with it. No. <laughs> Generally not. <laughs> um so yeah, there's that as a trick. 
certainly they're all of Han's command cards, you know, Han by definition, yep. just maximum shenanigans, change of plans. Of course, you can kick back any command card in the game. And then Reckless Diversion, we already talked about, and I've talked about extensively. And then, of course, sorry about the mess being a zero pip. Um, there's lots of uses for that beyond just having Han go. I'd say, I mean, depending on your order control situation, uh, but if you have like uplinks or C's and you want to go with a specific unit and just guarantee that happens with sorry about the mess, you can do that. So, yep. Um, it, we also have the best <clears throat> contingencies use in the game. Yep. One, because it's contingency three, so you get the most contingency card. But also, Lando's two pip actually has a use to be played out of the contingencies of discarding it to get an order. Yep. So, which means you get value out of it even if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and generally with with command cards and rebels uh, I think that I mean rebel heroes are typically a little bit cheaper than the other factions which means that you can run multiples of them together and that typically means that you have like a higher quality command hand mm-hmm. I'd say it's pretty unusual for almost any rebel list to be using the generic cards excluding echo base which uses its own echo base cards which are obviously great um, but like I can't think of the last time I've seen like push or assault in a rebel list or ambush. Uh, yeah, no. Speaking of um, sabcoms, potentially an interesting tool against something like luminous. Um, obviously they still get one face up, and if they have a clone commander, they have direct, so they're still going to get like one, possibly two, fire support options in there, but. I mean, you could potentially mess with their fire support setup for a luminous turn if you play Sabcoms on that turn. So, yeah, if <clears throat> Sabcoms very much feels like if you're playing Lando anyway and you have contingencies, Sabcoms might not be the worst thing to throw in that contingencies. Yeah, I struggle to see like a a common rubble build where you actually have that one pip slot. Yeah, available, you know. Um, it, any sort of like Cassian Han, you're taking a crack shot and sorry about the mess. Cassian Ahsoka, you're obviously taking crack shot and Ahsoka's one pip. Um, in your Boba Lando situation, Boba has great one pips and Idiot's Array is decent. I could potentially see taking it over Idiot's Array since you can with contingencies. I guess you can take both of them. Well, so you got I'll, what I'll... contingencies three? Contingencies three. So the let me pull up my. I mean that'd be that'd be a lot of slots. That'd be a lot of contingency slots to use on one pips, but yeah. Well, so you you might find this interesting. So my command hand for Lando Boba, which I have played them somewhat extensively, um, both in its previous iteration and this one. So in the actual command hand, one pips are whipcord launcher and ambush. Surprisingly, okay. Um, two pip making his way in the galaxy and then push. Um, and then Rural Respect and Jetpack Rocket. And then in the contingencies, we have Idiot's Array and Simple Man, and then Ace Up His Sleeves. Interesting. Okay. So, because one of the things about contingencies is the contingency commander has to be alive. Right. And the person who has that command card originally has to be alive. Right. So I often like to, when I'm playing contingencies, have a couple generics. And then contingencies 
out of the generics into the specific ones. That way you're not locked out, basically. Yeah, that way you're not locked out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it also can, especially like, so you play when you have two different options in one bit, you don't have to make that contingency choice until your opponent has like played their command card and you see what they're doing. And there's a lot of situations where like you might decide between idiots, rare, or simple man based on what they play. Yep. So being able to flex between the two is quite fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Interesting. I hadn't considered that as a use of generics, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, this is also a list. I mean, if like Boba Fett, like if I had uh, the mercenary order giver command thing on Lando, I'd also consider just Sapcoms instead of ambush as a generic. Yep. Underworld connections. That one. Yep. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yep. So anyway, that that is a use that at least I like to get out of the generics is using them as uh options for contingencies. Yeah, that makes sense. Um all right. So those are you as as strengths we listed mobility, uh long range firepower with like high quality attacks, sometimes small dice pools, but basically like reliable long range firepower. And then sh tricks or shenanigans. Um, any other strengths I think that we can add to that? I'd, I'd say that they can be good at managing suppression. Yep. Uh, they have access potentially to a lot of Inspire. Um, you know, uh, Bright Tree Village lists obviously have 3PO with Compel. Um I would say that they can also have problem with with suppression. Yep. Because those those keywords tend to be gated behind the the quote unquote pure support heroes, right? Leia, three PO, the generics, whereas the hybrid slash combat characters don't really have ways to deal with that. Obviously, Cassian has some command cards that. You know, he's volunteer mission and last stand both strip suppression, but they only do it from characters or special forces. Yep. Which doesn't help your courage one core, who are the ones that need it the most. Um, obviously, you could take like lead by example on any character with a command slot if you needed yep. to, but that's kind of expensive. So I would say that um, depending on how you build them, they can be great at suppression or they can struggle with it. Suppression is definitely something you need to think about when you're level less. Yes. And if you don't think about it, they can get boned by it. Um, another thing they can do is they could really amp the activation count up pretty high, um, because their units are often you know cheaper in price. Yeah. They uh, like most rebel lists are running ten plus activations. Um, not like just based on like oh I can fit another unit in. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of a time when I've seen like a like a serious nine activation rebel list recently. No. And it's it's even and you don't even have to take like strikes and no. MK2s and stuff to get there. Just be like, you know, I'm here running full commandos, three full commandos with a bunch of characters and I'm still at 10 activations. So um, I mean, comm full commandos are under 80 points, right? 76. 
So like any unit that's under 80 points is on average getting you to 10 activations at one. Yep. So. Yeah, and even their even most of their common characters are a hundred points or less. So Ahsoka and Luke obviously being the exceptions to that, and then we'll, and then Boba. But generally speaking, like uh, you know, Cassian's ninety, K 2s eighty, yeah. Um, Leia's eighty. All the Bright Tree Village characters are ridiculously cheap. So, um, Chewie's ninety. Yep. Uh, speaking of Chewie, let's should we talk about their weaknesses? I think we have to lead this with durability, right? Yep, they can just go poof. Yeah, so beyond just the fact that almost all of their units are white saves, which is obviously worse than red saves, um, they tend to lack defensive keywords. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the exception, of course, being Bright Tree Village, where almost their entire army has low profile. And Commandos slash Han, who also have low profile. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, like vets have no special defensive tech. They have defend one, but how often are you actually getting your vets orders? And even then, it's just one dodge token. Yeah, big one. That they, that they can't share with each other. Um, Rebel troopers used to be like sort of weirdly durable with the whole vigilance, uh, situational awareness dodge thing that they could do, but they made all of that significantly more expensive such that it's now like basically cost prohibitive so it's it's significantly more expensive and the uh meta is such that you know i clones fire support doesn't care about what dodge right like they were great at mitigating chip damage you know because yep. it was it was one dodge that you could negate a crit with that was just there all the time yep but when your opponent's rolling in with like you know eight to ten paint on an attack it's like okay take two for cover, spend your one dodge, roll seven saves, the unit still dies. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the whole one dodge thing just isn't that great anymore. Um, and it, the same is true of low profile, really. I mean, it, low profile does help, uh, but there are a lot of things and keywords in this game that just ignore cover, like critical, obviously, sharpshooter, um, blast. Anytime something with low profile is getting hit with any of those, it's very sad. Um <laughs> And and on top of that, like if you throw twelve hits at a low profile unit, well, hurrah, they're dead. Right, because they <laughs> you know they still have white saves. Like Ewoks don't even surge, yeah. uh, typically. So yeah, Ewoks commandos, uh, either of them get hit by something like that, they're you're just gonna pick up the entire unit. So ba basically, your entire army is always, or your every unit in your army is basically one shot away from dying at any given point. Yep. Which makes you very careful, or it should. Um, yeah. you, you have to be conscious of that with your positioning and just be like extremely aware of all your opponents threatening things because even things that have relatively small dice, dice pools can still really do a lot of damage to your units. So, and Rebel units tend to be also like not backloaded by that. I mean, that as they lose models, their offense really suffers quite a bit. Um, even vets who have a you know four dice critical two weapon on the back end of their attack pool, like they really their range three attack is really helped by those black dice. And when they start losing black dice, it's pretty bad. 
So, um, yeah, just even taking like, you know, you eat a shot and you take two to three casualties, that unit is basically combat ineffective. Yep. So, um, yeah, you just have to be extremely hyper aware of everything that can potentially shoot your units. And the second thing is, you know, it might feel like a waste of time, but it is useful to build in defensive tech anyway, or at least try to. The dodge thing is too expensive now. I wouldn't really recommend that. But you can do like um, Chewy is great because he's he's a good unit to just have on the table anyway. His attack is pretty good. Uh, you know, he's got four dice with critical and pierce and impact. Um, he's got four red and melee, which if push comes to shove and you're like knee deep in Ewoks or something is actually pretty solid. Um, the number of times that Chewy and K2s combined four red attack pools have saved me from like a melee skew is is non-zero um but then of course if you give him protector he can just like strip crits out of attack pools and particularly when you're using that on units that already have something like low profile you know suddenly like a six or seven hit shot you know low profile strips three chewy strips another three suddenly you're rolling like one to zero saves and you're basically fine chewy's Chewie's great for keeping those um, fragile units at full strength. Yeah. Obviously, he's only got, you know, nine health himself. So <laughs> you can't just be doing that on like every attack or Chewie will just disappear. Um, and the number of times I've just straight up, Chewie's got like one wound left and I, I get a big shot in on like commandos or vets or something. And I'm just like, do I just eat this with Chewie and just send him off into <laughs> into the sunset um and there are a couple times where i've just done that i've been like all right sorry chewy you know here's three hits on chewy oh look he dies okay um because the one wound chewy you know it's like he pokes his face out there he's gonna die anyway so it um, i often when you know get him down to one wound try to get one more shot out of him and then bye and then eat eat a three hit shot from somewhere with guardian yeah <laughs> I mean, also, like, once he's at one wound, like, him stepping out and taking a shot, well, either they're going to shoot something near him, and he's going to guard it away, or they'll shoot him, in right. which case, he's done his job anyway. So. Yep. Yeah. That doesn't mean you should, you should definitely not be careless with Chewie's wounds, because as we noted, his attacks are good. Obviously, he's got teamwork with Han, so if you're running Han and Chewie together, there's some value there, but... um, Yeah, I mean, it, that that's what he's for. He's for keeping your fragile units at full strength he he often can be thought of as like really a like three or four wound character that's going to eat you know three or four shots at the beginning of the game for your other units yep and sometimes he rolls saves and you're like hey look at that (laughs) what the heck or sometimes he Um, rolls all surges and you feel really sad yes that's definitely (laughs) happened man that would be amazing if rebel chewy had a reliable like republic chewy so Um, it'd probably be too good oh yeah definitely um and then of course you can take medics i don't know that i would take a lot because they're expensive 18 points is a lot but one one medic in a rebel squad is often a good good yep. include yep like most not maybe not most but like a lot of rebel squads having one medic is really good value yep all right so that's the durability weakness are, are there any other I mean, we sort of mentioned suppression in certain builds. Would you say there's there's others for rebels? 
I mean, the durability is the, the biggie. Yeah. Um, I don't have another one off the top. Okay. Yeah, I think that's their primary one, really. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty big one when, like, that's kind of the whole ballgame, right, is having units alive on the table. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, in summary, uh, Rebels, good at shenanigans, uh, mobile. Um, they can spread out, and, you know, they don't, they don't have to commit to one particular spot or angle. Uh, they're good at long-range shooting, and they're made of peanut brittle. So be careful. <laughs> um, Basically. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy playing them. Um, I was, wouldn't say I was feeling bored, but I was feeling like I would, things were getting a little stale for me before PAX. And then I'm just like, I'm going to try Rebels. And then I tried Rebels at PAX and it was great. It was super fun. I loved playing Han and Cassian. Um, and I've kind of got that like, hey, I'm a Rebel player again. Fire under me a little bit. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I will be able to play them for worlds or not. Uh, it depends a lot on Inquisitor timing. <laughs> if Inquisitors yep. come out before then, I might. <laughs> I mean, force users are my thing, and they're the cheapest possible force users imaginable. So I might have to do that. We'll see. Um, imaginable yet? Who knows? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I have a hard time. <laughs> picturing <laughs> how you can go even lower but um yeah so we'll see uh but it's it's on the table i was i was surprised pleasantly surprised by them at pax so rebels are a lot of i mean locally at all our local stuff i play largely rebels and i mean to a lot of my locals i'm not a rebel player even though sort of on the more broad scale i'm a Republic player, but right. Rebels are very much my like I mean they're they are they're lists that are good, but when I want to have fun, I always play Rebels. Like just just having fun. Yep. They are fun. And then and then like I will take them in tournaments as well too, because they do have their moments where they are also really good. Yeah, and you can surprise people with stuff too. Like Oh yeah. Especially because people don't face that sort of thing very often. Um, so you can surprise them with the firepower. You can surprise them with the command cards. You know, there was a moment at PAX when I played Reckless Diversion and my opponent was like, wait, what does that do? (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a good Reckless Diversion play right here. Yeah. Um, I I mean, sort of a a meta thing I heard, I don't know, on some other gaming site slash whatever, um, was they were talking about like win rates and like, would you take a 5% win rate cut on a list to have a list that would surprise people? And the sort of general agreement was yes, right? Because like if you're taking the absolute meta thing that you know has a 55% win rate, but everyone has a plan for you. Whereas if you take a, a different list that has a 50% win rate with will surprise people, you might end up doing better at a tournament with the actually lower win rate thing, but you'll surprise some people. Yeah, I think that sort of depends on what your goal is. Like, if your goal yep. is to win the entire thing, um, you're not going to surprise the players that you're going to be facing in the last couple of rounds. Probably. Well, um, it it has happened. It it has ha- it. <laughs> <laughs> it happened to me. Um, but uh, 
tip like i would say generally speaking um that's not gonna happen yeah so i this this was i i don't know what maybe it was sigma or something with sort of a larger more complicated game where there's just more things to know yeah legion still and i think it will remain that like um you don't have like a lot of the like not even the highest echelon of players know every single keyword of every single unit right and every single commander right whereas there is other games where there's just so much that even the highest echelon might not know exactly every word on every card yep um so and i think personally that's a good thing with legion um yeah i enjoy it things get too bloated it becomes hard to balance you know and um it become you know like if if there's more that's kind of in the realm of the known then it's more about what's actually on the table um instead of gotchas yeah instead of playing gotcha yeah so um yeah all right well any final thoughts uh it's cold i'm ready for not school for a little while it was 60 degrees here today oh screw you (laughs) i mean i you know it's it's actually warm in Manitoba. It's been like freakishly warm. Okay. Where, where's my lab? It is currently minus ten degrees Celsius, which is twenty fifteen Fahrenheit. Okay, and, that's pretty cold still. And we think of that as like people talk about like how warm it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Yeah, I'll take my sixty degrees. Thank you very much. My random flowering plants in winter that are confused situation. Um, Congratulations. (laughs) All right. Well, we are the Notorious Cardinals of Cobb. I'm Timbo. Stay fresh, cheese bags.